This is the Book Marketing Action Podcast, and I'm Becky Robinson. Since 2012, my team and I have partnered with more than 100 authors to launch more than 130 business books. On this podcast, I'll share the best insights and actionable ideas from our work so that you can implement sustainable activities to reach your goals for your book. Whether you're a seasoned author looking to breathe new life into your book or someone who dreams of writing a book someday, this podcast will help you be more successful in getting results as an author. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Book Marketing Action Podcast. I am so happy today to reconnect with my old friend, Karen Hertz. And Karen is someone I met many years ago when she was just beginning to build her online influence. And as I've mentioned on previous episodes, we have a few very special episodes that are part of my book interview process for my book, which is coming April 2022, Reach, Creating Lasting Impact for Your Book, Message, or Idea. And I'm so glad that Karen has agreed to share her story as a part of this podcast and also as a part of my book. And so Karen, as we get started today, could you tell our audience a little bit about you and your work? Okay, sure. Yeah. So I run a company called Let's Grow Leaders uh, with my husband, uh, David Dye. And we are all about helping managers give them very practical tools and techniques to help navigate uh, workplace uncertainty and chaos. And you are the author of several books. Would you like to share about those? Sure. So our two uh, traditionally published books are Winning Well, A Manager's Guide to Getting Results Without Losing Your Soul. And our latest one is called Courageous Cultures, How to Build Teams of Micro-Innovators, Problem Solvers, and Customer Advocates. And we have a children's book uh, called Glowstone Peak, which is all about developing uh, courage and influence in the little ones. Wonderful. Well, I know that your company has become somewhat of a family project. I love seeing the way your son contributes, like with the children's book and some of your marketing efforts. Yeah, he's fun. Although he's not, you know, the cute little one that he used to be, <laughs> which he could, he could sell a lot of books back in room when he, you know, was eight years old with little buck teeth. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, so Karen, you and I met at the very beginning of your journey when you were just beginning a blog and really beginning to lay the foundation, which has become this booming business. So I'm wondering if we could go back to the beginning and could you talk a little bit about your journey and how and when you decided to begin growing influence and connections online? Yeah, so it's really interesting. I began blogging when I was still at Verizon. So I was an executive at Verizon. And the job that I had when I began the blog was I was uh, in charge of all of our outsourced contact centers. So we had 10,000 people in seven different companies who were taking Verizon's calls. And I was noticing that I was going into these call centers to try to help them with their culture and to improve the customer experience and improve the employee experience. And I was telling the same stories again and again. And I was trying to break things down into very practical ways for supervisors to leave when they didn't have a lot of time. It's in a contact center environment especially an outsourced one where the margins are low. You just don't take people off for a two-hour developmental conversation or training. And I began writing all these things down, thinking it would be very helpful for the people who were in those call centers who were following me. You know, I was the client, so I could pretty much count on they would read the blog. What I did not really anticipate is that it would start to really get momentum outside of that small space. So I wasn't at first really concerned about, oh, how do I make a build in a big online brand? It wasn't just not wasn't the, as we say now at Let's Go Leaders, most important thing, MIT. 
But when you and I met was when it started to get some traction. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> maybe I should, maybe I do care. Maybe my message is for more than just uh, these contacts that are uh, vice presidents and their people. And so I remember you and I met on Twitter and I had no idea. And if you like Googled me and I was running a lot of marathons at the time, if you Googled me, all you would get was race results. And like, is that really what I want to be known for? I mean, yeah, I'm trying to run a good time, but who cares? And is that what Karen hurt? Is that the brand Karen hurt? And so I enjoyed working with you because you just opened my eyes to so many things. Like I had everything to learn. You're like, well, first of all, you need to meet some other people because you're going to do this by yourself. And I remember you saying, go meet with Dan McCarthy, you know, go uh, talk to Dan Rockwell. You had a lot of Dan's for me to meet. And, <laughs> and that was super helpful. And they were very generous with their time and they would support and they would tweet out, which was important because I had about 12 Twitter followers. Right. And my dad had, you know, was one of them and he didn't even have his profile picture on Twitter. So it was a very, very helpful to get grounded in the basics, of course. So I had no intention of leaving Verizon at the beginning of all this stuff. Once it became clear to me that I had a platform and people were calling and saying, hey, when are you going to keynote? When's your book coming out? I'm like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> I can't do that. It was a big day job. But then I really started to think about it. And I'm like, what if I could? You know, what if I could? And so I quickly, and uh, you'll remember this because you were right there, quickly wrote a book just to get something out there, you know, which was the self-published, Overcoming an Imperfect Boss. Don't buy that one, buy one of the later ones. But that that was very helpful though, because it at least became some marketing and a, a way to go out using your publicist, right, Megan, and going out to the media and with a story and a book. And so one thing has led to another. I mean, it's been a long journey. I've learned a lot along the way, but it was super helpful to have a strategic approach to building the brand. And I teach that's a lot. It's so interesting. If I'm going to keynote a conference now, sometimes people say, well, can you also teach them how to build a brand on social media? And because they've been watching me. So I, I think that is a compliment, you know, so I'll do a little breakout for people who are interested in building their brand on social media. I never thought I would end up being considered someone with something to teach on that. But apparently at this point I do. So that's awesome. Well, for sure. And I'd love to just unpeel a little bit of what you just said and, and dig a little deeper. So you said at first you set out to write some things that would be helpful to these clients that you were serving. And then what you found out is you started to get traction beyond just the people who you thought were compelled to read your writing. So tell me what the signs were that you had that you were starting to get traction. And then you said a little later on, you said, as soon as I saw that I had a platform, I got a vision that this could be something bigger. So the reason why I'm asking the question, Karen, is because I imagine there are some people listening who may be at the beginning of trying to grow a following or create reach or create a platform. How did you know when that was all starting to come together for you? Well, it's interesting. I think it, it came in a variety of ways. First is I had people reaching out and asking to do work together. So that was the first thing. And it was interesting because people would read a blog post and said, can you come teach my team this exact thing, the thing that you put in the blog post? Come, do you have any training on that? And of course, I didn't at that point. <laughs> so, you know, that's why it was really an iterative process. I'm really super glad that I built the platform while I was still had a day job. 
I think it took a lot longer than I would have anticipated. You know, that first year was not very profitable. And I spent a lot of money getting the website together, hiring people like you. Right? Like I spent a lot of money on infrastructure, I, more money than I was making in that first year. And so my first thing there was, it, take, it probably will take longer than you think, even if you are getting initial indicators. Because you know some of these sales cycles are long. We have a very big, wonderful client right now. It's an enormous amount of work. It's multi-year work at every level of their business. But that was a, a year and a half sales cycle to get that job. So I, you know that's why I would say, even if you're getting the indicators, realize it, make sure that you've set yourself up that you can weather that initial storm. I would say the other thing is, and I don't feel so worried about this anymore, but I was very tickled at the time. I started getting show, showing up on lists, you know, like best, most socially shared leadership law, the best of, you know, American Management Association's 50 leaders to watch. Like, I don't even know. But for some reason during that time, I took that as a sign that I was beginning to be seen at, at a level with other people that I really respected. And so I think I thought, well, I'm on the same list as Jesse Lynn Stoner. That can't be bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that was another sign. Interestingly, I think the comments, when people were commenting on the blog, although I don't think people do that as much anymore. I don't know. Our comments have definitely gone down, although the quality of our writing has gone up. But I, so I don't know if that's a thing, but I was seeing a lot of engagement. Now I think the shift for our engagement, at least for me, has been LinkedIn. And I, we get a lot of engagement on LinkedIn. And so you say, are we writing things that people care about and have an opinion about and can use? So I think that's the other. And then one time I walked into a theater and somebody said, aren't you Karen Hurt? That felt nice too. <laughs> Amazing. I just love that. Well, so let's talk a bit more. Are there any other surprising insights you've gained on the journey? And if you don't mind, can you tell people about the timeframes that you're talking about, Karen? Because I think that you and I met in 2011. I don't know, 2012. I began blogging in 2012. So very good. Okay. Yes. And it's funny because we just did a website conversion. So I've been going through and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have been writing blogs for a very long time. So I blogged for two years uh, before leaving Verizon. And I was, I started, bless my heart, blogging every day, which is too much. <laughs> I think it's too much. I know Dan Rockwell does it. I don't know how he does it. But I thought, well, if he's doing this, I should do this too. And so you got to figure out what works for you. But I have been blogging consistently multiple times a week since 2012. And it's interesting. I was just attending a conference of other people who are CEOs of training companies. And in my little mastermind group, people are like, yeah, I don't know about SEO. It's just so hard. I think SEO is hard, but if you blog, it's just, you've got to be consistent. You just, that would be my thing. You just have to be consistent. And it's interesting, David and I will, it's become one of our most important things. Even if we have a crazy busy week, even if we're doing, not, not that we've done that this year, but international travel, even if we've got a 14 virtual programs a week, we don't not do our blog posts. Like we do our blog posts. That's part of the big rules because we know content marketing is where 80% of our business comes from. So timeframes, two years blogging before, I would say the quality of blogs was eh. 
Then around 2014, I think the quality of the blog started getting better. I started to really understand it. And because I was blogging not every single day, the quality was improving and I was really making a concerted effort. And then the business, we wrote Winning Well in 2016, our first traditionally published book. And I had to have a platform to be able to get that contract, right? Like you have to be able to show that you've got engagement and followers and that people are likely to buy the book. And 2016 is really when the business pivoted. That's when it really became, we started getting, doing international work. We, everything, we started really making significant money enough to actually pay the mortgage and do the things and put money away for college and retire like you should be doing, you know, that I had pulled back on a lot of that stuff. And then now we've started, now our business is expanding and we're at a point that we can't do it on our own. So we have a team, we have a wonderful team of people. And so that's really been the journey. I think 2016 was the inflection point. So four years after blogging, but two years after starting the business. And then to a point, last year was a fantastic year. Believe it or not, in the middle of COVID, significant improvement in every metric, every revenue, all the things. And then this year is going to be a good year too. So it takes consistency. And it's not just writing the book, right? For us, it's a huge, it was a huge amount of curriculum development. And then this year was a huge investment in um, technology and how do you show up in a virtual environment and not look like you're just on a Zoom and that you really are delivering a high professional program. And all of these things take a learning curve. And so the one thing, a lot of times we'll talk to people and they'll say, I'm like, yeah, so you, I've been blogging since 2012 every week consistently. And they're like, I don't want to do that. A lot of people say that, you know, and if you really want a platform, I think you're the first one that said to me, you've got to show up consistently. And it was really, really good, good advice. So Karen, in addition to that principle of consistency, are there any other principles that you found to be critically important to you in growing online influence and the build the business that you've built? I think one of the biggest things, and I believe you also taught this to me, so this is all coming full circle, but is the other thought leaders are not your competitors. I mean, they actually might be your competitors, but you there is space for everyone. And you need to show up as if these folks are your absolute strategic partners, support their books, support their ideas as much as you're supporting your own. And it will come back. And I remember when we really, both David and I did a lot of that, a lot, a lot, a lot of that. And not with no real ask yet, because we weren't, we hadn't written a book that we were really looking to promote. Then when we wrote Winning Well, people just came out of the woodwork calling us. I see you have a book. How can I help you? And that I think is, that makes it a lot easier and it's less lonely, right? So I would say being consistent, showing up very, very generous. I would also say extend the generosity to what I call the baby ducks. And these are the people who are just coming out like I was. I think sometimes people are generous to the people they think will be able to help them as opposed to just showing up generous to help people. And I think that, so you just mentioned, right? You said, I noticed that some, one of your clients put something on LinkedIn for your birthday. Well, you know, they're an Africa nonprofit who I I do some free leadership work because they can't afford to hire me, but I don't do it because, oh, they're going to do anything. They're not even going to buy books, right? But 
it feels good to be doing things for the right reasons. And I think that other people smell that, you know? <laughs> so I love that. And I'm so glad you were talking about being supportive of others. And I kept waiting for you to say the word generosity because I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. I'm wondering, Karen, if there's advice that you would give to others. I quite often talk to people who get very discouraged about how slow it is or how hard it seems at times to increase their traction or their reach of the messages. So what advice would you have for those people who might be struggling to create the type of online presence that you have? It does take a while. And the one thing that I would say is the Google algorithms are crazy. I do not understand why... Seven approaches to strategic and I got whatever. Some post that I wrote in 2014 every single day gets the most more posts than a research based, partnered with the University of North Colorado Social Research Lab, SEO using SEM Raj, every keyword, beautiful images, right? Seven views. <laughs> This thing from 2014. And I think that it's just, it takes a while for even Google to know your good stuff is out there. And so I would say, don't get discouraged and really be patient. And then make sure that the quality, you're writing for the right people and that you really care about the quality. I watch some folks who will come to me and I'm not sure that the quality is there. They're just like, my thoughts about this, you know? And if that's what you're doing, but I don't think somebody's going to read by your book necessarily and hire you to tra come train their executive team because of an opinion. It's like, are you giving practical advice? Are you giving a to-do list? Are you giving examples? Are you interviewing other people who have proven that they've done it? Are you investing in a, in a deep level? And that stuff takes time. Some of my, I mean, some of our blog posts take five hours to write, but you can use them in other ways too. And so I'm real strategic. So I just had, we're doing a conference and it's a good, it'll be a nice, it's a paid gig, but it will also be good marketing. And we're doing an executive program. So it'll be all the CEOs from this whole geography that are coming in. Well, I know exactly which articles are, they're getting, right? In advance, they're going to read the articles that I really have worked hard on or David has really worked hard on and that we know are sending the messages and are really reflect our brand. And so using those strategically, that way you don't just say, well, here's the thing. I'm not winning if, it doesn't, if I don't get 100 views on this article. Maybe if you have two views of the right art, uh, uh, two from the right people, and it makes them come and hire you to do a year-long training program, your blog is a success. And that's why I stopped caring about the lists, whether or not we're on the best of lists. And to me, do we have work that we love to do? Do we have clients that we love to be with? Are we making an impact for those clients? And are we making the revenue that we need to grow? And I think that's how we measure success now. So Karen, for those who might be listening, who would like to find more about you and David and Let's Grow Leaders, where are the best places for people to connect with you? Yeah. So our website, our newly designed website is at uh, letsgrowleaders.com. And from there, they'll find all the links to your books and your social media accounts and all of that. Everything. So you know, all of our at Let's Grow Leaders is our Instagram. Our marketing person will make me say that because I still haven't I still haven't figured out Instagram. I only have like 508 Instagram followers, but because I never talk about it. But on LinkedIn, I'm Karen.hurt, and that's the one that I, where I really like to meet people. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for investing this time with me, Karen. And I'm thrilled that you are willing to share your story with our listeners. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Hi there, everyone. Thank you so much for investing some time to listen to this episode with Karen today. My name is Aubrey Pastoric, and I'm the producer of the Book Marketing Action Podcast. I'm popping on here today to let you know about the action steps from Karen's episode. And if you've listened to our podcast before, you know that we always do action steps at the end of each episode. There are a few things Karen said that really resonated with me from her conversation with Becky. And there are two action steps that I wanted to share with you today. So Karen mentioned many times the value of showing up consistently and generously. And I would encourage you to think about what a reasonable, consistent cadence looks like for you and for your content marketing. That could be blogging, videos, webinars, social media. There are a number of different things that you could choose to focus your efforts on. But what I want you to do is take out a piece of paper or open a Google Doc or an Excel sheet and map out what you realistically can commit to. You know, we all have these really lofty dreams about these content marketing goals that we'd like to be able to hit, but we hear a lot from authors that time is a limiting factor. So map out a schedule to keep yourself on track and keep showing up with that consistent cadence. The second thing is that Karen talked about what success looks like. And she touched on it a little bit when she was talking about her blog and that maybe getting a bunch of views or comments on the blog wasn't the right measure of success for her. And what they really needed to look at was if their content was reaching the right people. So before you get started on your marketing journey, really think about what success looks like to you. And once you know that, you can really pivot your marketing strategies and practices to align with those goals. If you're setting out on your marketing journey without really having thought about what success looks like for you, it can be very confusing to know where to focus your efforts. But if you have clear goals outlined, you'll be able to focus your attention to the areas that can create an impact. So those are the two action steps from today's episode. And as always, if you have any questions, please feel free to email Becky at Becky at weavinginfluence.com. 